Let's talk a little Georgia football right now with Chip Towers from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can read his content, of course, online at AJC.com. You can follow him on Twitter at CTowersAJC. And for some reason, you know, it's 4 o'clock on a Thursday. I, I mean, your, your son has got to be with you, and is he driving you around right now? Yeah, uh, I I am with my son. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, we're uh, we're always together on Thursday. So please don't throw me on under the bus when you throw me under the bus Thursday. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's Thursdays are are Bryson and and Chip in the bus. I guess you'd say. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Well, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on today, and and I think it's. Great timing is, as we've said the last couple of days, we're going to be honoring Claude Felton at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. He's going into the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame this weekend. And I know, Chip, you've been around Claude forever as a member first uh, with the Athens Banner Herald and with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for many years. And just your your thoughts on, on Claude. I know you've got a an article coming out, I guess, later today that that uh, is going to be on AJC.com and in the paper tomorrow, I would guess, to to honor Claude and and his accomplishment of getting the Hall of Fame. Just your thoughts on on what Claude has meant to you and to the University of Georgia for four plus decades. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Bill. I, I did uh, write an article. In fact, it's it's already on AJC.com okay. and. Uh, uh, you might want to read it and check it for accuracy because there's uh, some dude named Bill Shanks quoted therein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you and I, is, uh, as you know, we t- spoke about him uh, the other day, and it actually was just as if uh, we were just talking on another subject. And, and I asked you if I could quote you on something you said about Claude. So obviously, you know, we, we both know, and so many people know who Claude is, uh, uh, as you'll read in that story. Um uh, you know, Josh Brooks talked about, you know, there's, there's, you know, few people in the business that you can refer to by one name and Claude is, is one of those, you know, everybody just knows Claude. Uh, some people don't even really know exactly what he does. He's, they just know he's Claude and he does a lot and he does. Uh, he's, uh, you know, technically most people refer to him as a sports information director, but that title does, very little to encompass all he is and all he's meant to the university and uh you know over the years and and i've worked there for 45 years so yeah he goes back to my banner herald days really i first met claude when i was attending the university of georgia and and writing for the red and black and and um and you know uh uh he's still going to be around uh as i found out i mean he's not i mean he's not working it at University of Georgia, and he's not going to be showing up at his, you know, incredible, you know, museum of an office at Buttsmere Heritage Hall. Um, but he is, uh, you know, still going to be around a little bit, helping him in football and various other things. And I, I think you'll see him, you know, Claude has been the uh, moderator for the Final Four press conferences forever. I don't mm-hmm. know how long. He's done that, so he's still going to do that kind of thing. So he's still going to be dabbling and in it. But, uh, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, Claude was, you know, just so much more than a sports communications director. He was a trusted advisor for Greg McGarity and Vince Dooley before him. And, and um, 
Uh, and as, if you look at the people who've come through Claude's office, I mean, guys like Jeff Hunley, the CEO of the Sugar Bowl, and Jared Binko down there at Georgia Southern as the athletic director, um, all of those guys in most cases started as a student assistant or, or intern or, you know, part-timer or, or full-timer in Claude's office. And uh, so, you know, his tentacles uh, uh, reach all over the place, and he's uh, had quite an effect not just on the University of Georgia, but really even down to the Hall of Fame that he's going to be inducted in on sure. on this weekend. No question. No question about that. Uh, so, so many people have 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 heard me speak about him or listening to you now, and they're like, okay, he's good at his job. There's no question. He He's better at his job than anybody I know that's had a job in the state of Georgia as a sports information director or PR director, or whatever you want to call him, media relations director. But do you agree it's the helpful attitude and approach and ally that he's been to all of us in the media to help deliver the message to the fans of University of Georgia sports that has, has made him stand above everyone else. Yeah, that, you know, that's the thing about Claude uh, that is probably the most amazing. I touch on this in the story, and uh, it was one of those stories. You can appreciate this, Bill, as a former writer. Uh, it was a magnus opus when I filed it. I don't know what the final <laughs> version will look like. But, you know, when you get into a guy like Claude, and I've been kind of collecting quotes and anecdotes for a long time. But the amazing thing about him, just think about all the uh, turmoil that he has weathered as the, you know, as the primary spokesperson for the University of Georgia, going all the way back to, you know, the Jan Kemp scandal, um, you know, to, you know, NCAA investigations of the 1990s and into the 2000s, uh, most, you know, recently the, you know, double fatality accident. Through it all, you know, he's just done an unbelievable job of standing as that uh, bridge between media and the institution. And to come out of 45 years of that and have, as far as I can tell, zero enemies Mm. uh, tells you about, you know, his ability to balance those those ends. And and if you read his story, part of this you'll get as well – in the story is, is knowing his background. I mean, he was a journalist first. You know, he, he went to uh, University of Georgia, uh, Henry W. Grady Journalism School, got a master's there, um, actually worked in PR at Georgia Southern. He was a newspaper guy, though he said he was more of a copy boy uh, at the Savannah <laughs> Morning News, where he's from. Um, and so, you know, newspapers were, were, were where he started. And, you know, he's a guy who totally appreciates two things, objectivity and truth. So as long as you're operating in the area of objectivity and truth, uh, he's going to be okay with you. Um, And if you're you're out of those lines, he's just got that gift. The last thing you ever want to hear from Claude was you got something wrong. Mm. Um, You know, but he didn't just blast you like some (laughs) uh, SIDs you and I, I'm sure, have both Mm -hmm. uh, encountered (laughs) over the years, you know. Uh, you know, he tended to have that little sniff, you know, that he did like, uh, you know, are you, are you sure that's right? You know, and, uh, uh, if it's not, what are we going to do about it? Right. You know, I mean, he just was, he was great about that. And, but he would at the forefront do everything he could do to give you all the information you could possibly have 
to be right in the first place and sort of trained you up that way. You know, Slayball and I have talked about it over the years. Uh, you know, we were both kind of weaned on him, uh, Mark Slayball. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, last, last thing you wanted to do was be called in either Coach Dooley or, or, or Claude Felton's office for something <laughs> um, because you knew, you know, it, it reached a level that, that they felt like it needed to be addressed. Otherwise, they were there to serve. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a loyal servant is Claude Felton. No question, and and just the the helpful approach, which uh, again, folks in the media don't always get that. A lot of people in Claude's position now, whether it's a college program or a professional team, are are more gatekeepers uh, than anything else. They they are 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 more cautious and trying to make sure the university or the team is protected and the heck with you. But uh, Claude struck that balance, I think, that just uh, allowed you to get what you needed to do, to do for your job. And, and yet, sure, he's going to protect the university. He's going to do everything he can to make sure what you're writing and doing is truthful. But to do it in a professional way where it's almost like if, if we would have made a mistake, it would have been – more hurtful to us that Claude would have looked down on us because of the way we all respected him, and and then and that's just so unusual for. I mean, I know it's hard for non people who are are not in our business or and have not dealt with him to understand, but it's 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 so appreciated by all of us who have the job of giving the message to the fans, which is important. Yeah, it's real important, and and Claude uh, uh, realized the importance of that. Both both inside you know butts mayor heritage all outside of it and uh so that's that that's kind of where he operated from um and you know it's 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 going to be really interesting because the job has changed so profoundly for him too like it is all of us in the media i mean everything's changed and they do so much in-house now i mean like georgia football has an entire division uh of people who kind of just get the word out uh on social media the graphics people the social media team um, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, you know, player, um, connection and everything. And, and, and then, so to see it, Claude used to handle all of that. And like I said before, um, you know, I, I would say coach Dooley the most, but even, um, but even, uh, Greg McGarity leaned on him hard when it came to, as a member of the senior administrative staff on, you know, personnel and decisions, there was a time there, uh, I would say Claude was maybe the most powerful man in, in, in Georgia athletics. And to some extent, maybe still is in a lot of ways, because like the broadcast people, I mean, I didn't even get into the broadcast people, but, you know, television broadcast, radio broadcast, these people bow at his feet, you know, because uh, he was just, you know, so um, careful to get them everything they need uh, uh, and everything they wanted in advance of a broadcast, during a broadcast, and after a broadcast. So they all know, you know, the CBS executives, the ESPN executives, Greg Sankey, um, you know, uh, just everybody at the um, highest levels were dependent on him. And uh, so going forward, it's going to be real interesting. And I touch on this some as well. What What's the – we know what his legacy is going to be, but who is going to succeed him? Is anybody going to succeed him? Hmm. Uh, just look right there. If you think about on his staff, uh, so Tim Hicks just retired 
last year, and I think he was with Claude for 38 years, maybe mm-hmm. 40. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still have Christopher Lakos, who does such a fantastic job with baseball, and mm-hmm. Mike Mobley. Both of them have been over 30 years in a business where nobody hangs around. Leland Barrow has been there nearly 20 years, I think. Uh, he's just a guy you want to work for. But uh, now they've the last for the last several years they've actually had somebody over him, which is kind of a joke, right? Uh, yeah. There was uh, a woman who's since left and gone back to Texas before that, and now Stephen Drummond, a great guy, very deferential to Claude. Uh, he came from the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, and and you know he said, you know, he told me he said, hey, I just try to get out of Claude's way. <laughs> um, but you know, ultimately he's going to have to decide what that department looks like post-Claude, yeah, right, in the era PC. Right. And uh, and we don't, nobody really knows what that looks like. But Claude's going to be around. He's still living here in Athens. He likes uh, deep sea fishing, you know, uh, ocean fishing. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to get down there every once in a while to, to Savannah and try to do that. But, you know, how he can't get up at his western Athens home and get in the car, his car, he probably that drives itself to the Butts Bear building. <laughs> That's going to be a real shift change for everybody involved, Claude oh. foremost. Well, I'm glad to hear he's going to be around the football. I can't imagine walking in even to our new press box and not having him. I always used to, every year, first game for the kickoff, I'd, I'd go shake his hand. I just, it was like yeah. a, it was a thing for me, not for him, but I would just find him and, you know, almost say happy new season, Claude, you know, and, and, uh, just because he's, he's been there and I'm, I'm just so glad we're going to honor him. I'm so happy that that's happening. And, and, uh, I think every, every media member in this state, uh, could, could, uh, if they could be there, would, would give him a standing ovation for what he's done for all of us. And, and and just what he's done for the University of Georgia as well. Well, I'll definitely and check out the article. It is online, AJC.com. Georgia's Claude Felton takes rightful place in State Hall of Fame. I encourage everyone to go and check it out. Chip Towers is with us from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, Chip, a couple of football things while we've got you here. Um, it doesn't sound like it's official yet that Del McGee is going to leave to go to Georgia State, but it's very loudly rumored that – this is going to happen if they can agree to terms. That would be the second member of Kirby Smart's staff that he would have to, to replace with Brian McClendon gone to the NFL here a couple of days ago. Um, those are two great great recruiters, but I said earlier, it, while it's two great recruiters for Kirby Smart to replace, you got to kind of bow to Kirby and say, well, he knows what he's doing in replacing these coaches. He's done it so well before. But th- this this will be two guys that will be difficult to replace, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard. And, and I, you know, I think it probably goes under the radar most of the time is um, Kirby's ability to retain staff in the wake of national championships. I mean, even Coach Saban was, was retooling, seemed like, every year especially after a national championship, because that makes them more attractive, um, you know, to everybody else. And, you know, uh, and Brian McClendon and Dale McGee, you know, on a personal level, there's two people that are nobody's more deserving than them of, of head coaching opportunities. So there's nothing I've, I've seen a little bit of panic among the Bulldog Nation and on social media and stuff. And it's like, look, you know, and, and this really I don't think this is running from NIL and transfer portal either. Uh, especially in the case of Brian McClendon. Brian McClendon is a guy who deserves a chance to be a head coach. In fact, 
he is he was a head coach. He was interim head coach uh, between Mark Richt and, <laughs> and right. Kirby Smart, and led them to a victory in the Gator Bowl. That's Which right. Claude Felton, you know, dutifully notes in the Georgia media guide. He's, <laughs> he's not going to miss something like that. So he corrected me talking about. I said, well, you know, you've been with six head coaches. He corrected me. He said, no. Seven, he said, I was actually at the press conference for Glenn Mason. And I was like, <laughs> again, alluding to that accuracy. God, God, you're right. You know, That's Bob. awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, but Brian McClendon is the guy who deserves it. He's done everything he can do. He's had every assistant, associate head coach, passing game coordinator, offensive coordinator. You know, there's just nowhere else for him to go. So getting some NFL on his resume should help that. Dale McGee's been lo- looking to be a head coach for a long time. Great head coach at Harvard, Columbus, yeah. for a long, long time. I, I, you know, I haven't been able to unequivocally uh, confirm, and we at the AJC, we're not, we're not going to report it until we can. But he's going to be uh, the guy at Georgia State. It certainly looks like that. Dale hadn't responded to me. Georgia State people know I, I know over there um, aren't responding yet. But I wouldn't be surprised. I may be surprised just on the level that that would be the first one he took. But, you know, he's been frustrated in his ability, and, and I think it's frustrating in college athletics for people like uh, Brian McClendon and Dale McGee, um, uh, you know, of minority coaches such as they're called, mm-hmm. of getting their chances, at, you know, at a high enough level. And so if this is where it has to be for Dale McGee, I certainly understand it. He's worked for so long, and it's such a high level that he can give this a shot. If it doesn't work out, you know, he can always come back um, – to the to the Division One game uh, and be a high level recruiter and coordinator, uh, or uh, it may work fantastically, and and then a lot of people will be regretting not hiring Dale McGee sooner. Uh, no question. I'm looking forward to seeing if he he can close that deal and become the head coach there and what he can do. He's uh, He's done a great job at Georgia, and you're right. He's he's ready to kind of move up. You know uh, about the McClendon situation. Um, and this will be the final question, and we'll let you go. Adam Schefter of of ESPN had a tweet this morning. Is another I can't remember who it was. Another college coach left to go to the NFL. We've seen it happen a couple of times. The Boston College head coach left to go uh, to the NFL to the Green Bay Packers. You know, we've we've seen head coaches in college become assistant coaches. Are, are we seeing more frustration with the job? in college football and everything that's going on to where this is going to be commonplace here moving forward until there are some kind of regulations or rails put back on the, on the staircase here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to reiterate, I don't think that's why Brian McClendon left. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, it's my understanding. It's not, but yeah. yes. I mean, it's why a lot of people, I mean, keep an eye on Kirby smart at some point. Uh, you remember the uh, former Georgia assistant coach, John Lilly, uh, mm-hmm. tight ends coach. I remember talking to him. He's been in the NFL uh, behind the scenes and as assistant coach and supporting everything for a while now, and, and he talked about just what a better quality of life it is. And, huh. and, and college has only gotten worse. Uh, it's ridiculous, really. They've got to reset the calendar. And I think part of this Big Ten SEC consortium um, has to do with the eventual breaking off of the uh, major college football powers to be able to get their arms around uh, both NIL and transfer portal. It can't exist like it is. It's killing the coaches. Uh, yeah. And it's just going to be a matter of time before one of them just has a massive heart attack on the practice field or 
more pro- more likely probably during recruiting season. Mm. Um, it's just too much. Even though you know they'll argue the compensation, and they're well compensated. Uh, the TV networks have required that, but this is the arena they're operating in, and it's a little bit out of hand right now. And you're going to see more and more. So it, it's about the ability to. Not everybody's going to be able to make that transition to the NFL because it's the not for long league. You don't get mm. there unless you know what you're doing. So. The fact that Brian McClendon got this opportunity, I think, is more about him taking an opportunity like his good friend Thomas Brown and for you know former teammate, sure. and and be able to um, show that you can succeed on the highest level of football for your resume more than anything else. But there's also people that'll probably be seeking solace if they can get it from the NFL. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I mean, I'm so glad that Brian's going to do his thing, and I, I know it's not got anything to do with what we're talking about here, but it's still – I don't know how these coaches are doing it right now, and I I pray to God that doesn't happen, but I, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I don't know where the downtime is, and we know for someone like Kirby Smart, it's limited downtime anyway, but Chip – they probably think, can I afford to have downtime with this schedule? That's why there's got to be something, whether it's Saban doing something to convince people or or whatever, well, whoever, whatever, just do it to find some type of, of way for these coaches because I, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I work hard, you yeah. work hard, but my gosh, those coaches are – I don't know how they do it. I just repeat well, that. You have to wake up in the morning and be somewhere right away, and then you've got to, you know, uh, you're moving around all yeah. the time between these camps and recruiting visits. And um, it's just crazy. I mean, I remember, uh, again, Coach Lilly talking about his phone just would never stop, and he's just trying to be with his kids, yeah. right? It just doesn't stop. And, uh, you know, eventually you just got to turn it off. But, if you know, Kirby doesn't turn his off because he's afraid that he's going to miss that call from that five-star. <laughs> uh, and very best, very understanding, but it's a difficult proposition. And, and uh, uh, you, you yeah, I'd say I feel sorry for these guys. They weren't making, like Kirby, $13.5 million last year. Um, but, you know, the reality is you love your kids, and, and time is uh, – they, they're not making any more of that, Bill. No, they're not. And you know what? If they drop dead, then that $13 million is not going to anybody. So that's the no. that's the scary part, and you just – you don't want that to happen. But it's it seems inevitable with the schedule that some many of these guys have, and I hope it doesn't happen for sure. Well, Chip, thanks for being with us. Always great to have you on. We'll probably check in with you when we get going with with spring football here, which will be right around the corner. But uh, I can't wait to read the full piece on Claude. Thank you for doing that and honoring him. And it's always great to have you on the show. Thank you, Chip. All right. See you, pal.